Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Hello there, Andy. I do. It's me, Tom. Don't you remember? Well, Tom, Sylvia, of course I remember. Well, I'll be dog. I ain't seen you around these parts it... since your funeral. <laughs> funeral? What funeral? Well, uh, Tom, maybe we better come inside where we can talk. <laughs> What's ailing you? Well, it just can't be, that's all. What can't be? Well, you can't be, Tom. You're gone. I was gone, but I come back. But you can't come back. Not after you're gone. It, it just ain't decent. What the devil are you talking about? Why can't I come back after I've gone? You're talking crazy. Well, maybe I am. So is it so crazy talk to think once you're gone, you can come back? Most of the world would think so. But the text we're going to look at today has another message, in, in, indeed, a couple of texts, actually. First, Luke 24. I want us to look today at what the Scripture says about two resurrections. Now, one, the first one probably is the obvious one to you. The second you probably don't think as much about. But I want us to look at this, this text today of his resurrection first and then ours in just a moment. Luke 24, verses 1 to 8 together. On the first day of the week... Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. A couple of things I want us to see from this this first text today in Luke chapter 24 is, in the first resurrection, he gone. He indeed gone. They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Everything about this story is is rather unexpected to these these tomb travelers on this Easter morning. Uh, While it wasn't normal to find the stone rolled away from the tomb, typically, um, that occasionally did happen uh, for for one reason or another, to anoint the body with spices, as as they were about to do. and in this instance, it was unexpected because Matthew tells us that Pilate sealed the tomb, put a seal on the tomb, and put guards there in place so that the, the tomb couldn't be uh, rolled, the stone couldn't be rolled away, and the body of Jesus stolen, and, and then, then claim that he had, had risen. So he placed guards in a the seal there. Next, they discover that the body of the Lord Jesus is gone. Now, Luke uses the term here, Lord Jesus, and it's a very unique term in Scripture. It's, it's, it's used very few times together. These, these two words, Lord and Jesus. Uh, he refers to him as Lord 
to point to his deity, to point to his godness, and refers to him as Jesus to point to his humanity, to point to his humanness. Uh, this, is, this is unusual and intentional, I think, on Luke's part for us to, to recognize that he was fully God and fully man. As, as fully man, he died on a cross. He, he, he bled real blood. He, he, was, he was bruised for our iniquities, the scripture says. As fully God, he came out of there on the third day and the stone was rolled away. He, Luke wants us to see that this God-man, this fully God and fully man person is who was in the tomb. So to show us that, uh, he, he wanted to see that his resurrection was both, both prophesied and promised. Prophesied by the prophets, promised by Jesus. And as a man, he lived it, lived it out and fulfilled that promise and was made evident to all of us. So if they find Jesus still dead, the prophecy and the prophets are, 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 are not realized. The promise of Jesus himself, and in fact, their own hopes are lies at worst and foolishness at best. However, that's not the case that they find because they discover he gone. Secondly, the first resurrection was told to be retold. Look at verses 6 to 8 with me again. It says uh, in verse 6, he is, he is not here, the, the gleaming clothed men says. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then, watch this, they remembered his words. Remember how he told you, then they remembered. Parents, how many times have you told your kids, how many times have I got to tell you to pick that up and put it back where it goes? How many times have I got to tell you, don't get near the hot stove? How many times have I got to tell you, son? I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard my dad say, how many times have I got to tell you, son? Um, and we say that often as parents of little ones. And, and it, this whole idea of, of them remembering, how many times does something need to be said before I lock it away? Well, Luke, Luke points to this remembrance here to, to remind us, we need to hear, hear this story often and be reminded of it often so that it comes to mind easily. And it's told easily and again and again and again. Not only that, it's, it needs to be applied. We need to live out the truth of the fact that he is alive and we are too. And we'll live again because he was alive then. And so this story needs to be told over and over and over again. Because to one degree or another, we all learn by repetition. And so that's what the, the angels in front of the tomb are about. Telling this story. Don't you remember? Do you remember what he said? Harken back to what he said. Harken back to the prophecies about his resurrection. Harken back to what he, Jesus himself told you about his own resurrection. And they, they eventually remember. They read the prophets. They were told that by Jesus. They're reminded again by these two men in gleaming clothes. And so the third time is the charm for them, obviously. Verse 8 tells us they remembered his word. So what's the lesson here? It's, it's twofold. And it's real simple. First is this. We need to be retelling this resurrection story. It's a powerful story. And as I said moments ago, most of the world, most of our culture is serving dead gods today, but not you and I. Ours is very much alive. And that story needs to be retold because I'm going to tell you, it's freakish in our culture. Because most of our culture thinks when you're gone, <laughs> you can't come back. But he did, and we can too because of it. It's, 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 it is a remarkable story that needs to be told again and again and again. We need, secondly, we need to be telling how, the, how his story has changed our story. How his story has, has made our story come alive and, 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 and not only has changed our, our story, but our eternity as well. 
Most of us aren't crazy about rules and lists, and most, of, most folks, when they look at the church, they see a bunch of rules and a bunch of lists. But it's more about the power of the gospel story and how that gospel story needs to be told over and over again. All of us love a good story, and this is the best story ever told. The first resurrection was the story of the fact that he's gone and was, to, was told to be retold. Now turn, if you will, with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I want us to look at the second resurrection together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18 says this. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The second resurrection, I want us to see, first of all, depends on the first. The second resurrection depends on the first. Look at verse 14 again. He says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. We can't come to faith in Christ without believing this simple gospel of his death, burial, and resurrection. We can believe a lot of things about him, but until we believe those things to be true, we can't come to know him personally. So why is that the case? Because it's, it's the basis for all the rest of the theology in this book. It's theology 101 that you and I know and believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's why Paul tells these Thessalonian believers in verse 13 that knowing this truth is what makes hope not just a possibility but a reality. That we, can, that we can claim and know to be true. All right, ready for some good news? Everybody dies. The end. <laughs> no, everybody does die, but that's not the end. That's the good news. The good news is there's more after death. Um, in fact, there's, the more we understand it, the more each of us should catch ourselves wondering why things in this world bother us to the degree that they do. Wondering why things in this world worry us and concern us to the, to the degree that they do. The more we remember the power of his story and ours, this story of a second and coming resurrection, I wonder why we let things bog us down like we do. Because as I often say, once your heart changes, your identity changes, your destiny and your destination changes. We were from someplace else. Where our, our citizenship is someplace else. When we see that to be true, Mortgages don't seem to bother us. Jobs don't seem to bother us. Health, health concerns don't seem to bother us because they just quicken the fact that we're going to see him soon. In fact, nothing in this world should concern us to the degree that it does because we know that we're not from here and there is a second resurrection coming and we're going to be a part of it if we know him. That's, that's the, this promised reality is, is in, the, in this second resurrection is wrapped up in our belief about the first one. Also in this second resurrection... We gone. We, we, those of us who know Jesus will be caught up together, the scripture says, to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ will rise first. Look at verse 16 and 17 again. He says, 
For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Look at the sequence of events. The Lord comes down, but not all the way to earth. That's in the second post-tribulation return of God. This This passage is referring to the rapture, the calling out of the church. He doesn't physically come to earth until the second time. So he's, he's remaining in the air, but comes down far enough to hear this loud command. Uh, then the voice of the archangel, Michael, uh, and then the trumpet sounds. Now, and after this sequence of these three events, um, the dead in Christ, the scripture says, is going to rise first. How would you like to be driving by Lyndhurst when all this is, this is occurring and going on? I mean, stump, tombs are opening up, the ground's opening up, bodies are opening up. Or in the case of, of someone cremated, the ashes that's been scattered, Lord knows where, are starting to come back together again and, and pull, pull themselves back together again. The oceans are giving up the dead that have been put in, into them over the years. And I can imagine the, the, uh, the news stories when all this starts to happen. <clears throat> uh, mass alien abductions take place on Earth today, globally. Um, you can put, put your... Use your imagination to hear those stories, but the, uh, we, we we go up. Those who are alive and remain, join the resurrected believers to meet the Lord in the air. It says, and man, what a what a powerful reunion that's going to be. Um, the best news of all isn't, believe it or not, that we're gone, or that we are re- reunited with loved ones those that have gone on before us. The best news of all is that we're in the presence of Jesus and that we're no longer told about him, have to read about him, remember the things he's done in our hearts and in our lives, his redemption, but we're seeing him face to face. Now, let your mind go there just for a minute. What's that look like to you? What does he look like to you? Does he look like a bruised and beaten and bloody and crucified Savior? What's, what does he look like? What does your mind's eye tell you that he looks like this morning? That's what I want you to see. I want you to see this resurrection in light of the fact that his redeemed self and our redeemed self aren't going to look anything like we, what we look today. You know, aren't going to look anything like cancer or diabetes or high blood pressure or, or ugliness. Or <laughs> We're not going to look anything like we look today. We're going to be in a glorified state as he is, and we'll see him face to face in that glorified state, in that glorified place. Uh, the second resurrection, though, never takes place without the first one. And what I've done with the first one is altogether utmost importance because we aren't part of the second one unless we believe in the first one. And we can't believe in the first one without knowing him personally. So I want to ask you today, do you know him? Do you know him? I'm not talking about know about him, know some songs, been to church most of your life. Do you know him? Has there been a place where the Holy Spirit has convicted you of your lostness, of your sinfulness, and of your need for a Savior to the degree that you've asked, invited Christ into your heart as Savior and Lord, committed your life, your steps, your future to him? Do you know him personally? Do you have a relationship with him? That's what this resurrection hinges upon. The first one is, is, is in, in the can. The second one is still to come. And the second one you can experience if you know him personally. But we have to know him personally to experience that. Now, what I want to leave you with, though, is this. The powerful message of verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 
Let these words encourage your walk. Let these words encourage your, your, your faith. Let, the, let, let these words encourage your relationship with, with each other. In essence, let this story be told again and again and again and again. How the story of the power of his res, re, resurrection and your coming resurrection has intersected its, itself in the middle with your relationship to him. And that story has changed this story. His resurrection and your intersection with him has changed the second resurrection for you. That's the story that needs to be told again and again, and that, friends, will encourage each other. In fact, we, we may do this before too awful long, have a, have a testimony service here where we're, where we're sharing stories of how we came to Christ. Those stories encourage each other because they, they remind us, yeah, that's true for me too. God has shown up in my life too, there and here and there and here, because he showed up to come into my heart when I, when I prayed to receive him. Those stories of encouragement is what we're designed to, to tell each other and share with each other and live out for each other and walk with each other through again and again and again. So are you encouraged today by the fact that you know the living Savior? Are you encouraged by that? If that's the case, encourage somebody else with it. Encourage somebody else with the truth that he, my, my God is alive today and I'm going to live again and be a part of the second resurrection because I believed in the first. Those stories need to be told again and again and encourage each other with it. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> today we're, we're <clears throat> reminded of the truth of the power of your word. We're reminded of its relevance and, and the fact that it, our belief in it at least changes our eternal story. The fact that you came out of the grave after suffering a brutal death for us a death on the cross that was, had, had to happen to atone for our sins. That's not the end of the story. The end of the story is you came out of the grave alive and well. The God-man, the man crucified at the cross, but the God who came out of the grave is the God who lives in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. So today, as you remind us of these truths, would these truths encourage our walk? Would they strengthen our faith? Would they give us greater courage to tell our story over and over again in a world that seems freakish to it, in a world that seems to be offended by it again, in a world that desperately needs to know it and know you. How we live out our faith and how we tell our story needs to match. And as they do, there's power in that story. It's contagious, and you use it to change people around us by changing us in us. So today, would we be encouraged by th these reminders from your word and encouraged by the stories that we share together with each other that the living God is living in me. The resurrected Savior is, has, has been resurrected in me, and I'll be resurrected again because of it. Let us encourage each other with these words and with these truths today and encourage our hearts with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.